Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. Hi there. Hi, Betsy. Uh, so, it happened. The Oscar nominations have come out. They're out. Yes. Uh, so we as did a, okay so far. So yeah, we're we're four of ten, which hey, this is one of the very few years they've actually done ten yeah. nominations in a year. So we're a little bit behind uh, other years as far as percentages, but we've got enough time we can cover everything. Yes. Today we're gonna watch Belfast. Yes. Which is. Basically, the movie everybody's been, like, buzzing about, hey, this is just freaking Oscar bait. Oh, yeah. When I was looking into my crystal ball into the future, you know, what what's the earliest yeah. people are talking months about ago. it? Months, months ago. Months and months ago. Like, last summer, like, yeah. ages ago, yeah. this movie came up. Yeah. Uh, so, it's directed by Kenneth Branagh. Who is an actor. Well, mainly an actor. He is a lot of things. He is, but he's mainly known as being an actor. I would say he is more known for that, but he does direct a lot. He directed Thor, Trent. That's right. He directed the first Thor movie. No wonder that movie is like all Shakespearean and shit. You get a Shakespearean actor at the yeah. helm and it's, it's, you know, that's what comes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a tremendous actor. He's a tremendous director. He's a good guy. I'm excited about this one. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, let's let's get into it here. What do you know about this movie? So it's in the 50s, 1950s question mark? I think I read it was the 60s. 60s? Early, early 60s. Yeah, it's the mid-1900s, and it's in Belfast. <gasps> what? Which, of course, is in Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, not just standard Ireland. Correct. Yes. I don't was I don't know the timeline. I don't know enough of the history of Ireland to know if it was officially mm. Northern Ireland at that moment. I think it was. Uh, so Ireland, mm. uh, Belfast. Uh, there's a lot of actors in this movie. Yeah, a lot of like uh, old school people who have been around for our like, like. Oh yeah. For a while, like uh, Judy Dench. Judy Dench, mm -hmm. uh, Kieran Hines, who yeah. most people who don't know a lot of cinema. If they know him from anything, he is the king north of the wall in Game yeah. of Thrones. He's been in a lot of stuff, and he tends to basically play a... <laughs> he can kind of fit into any nationality. Yep. The The first thing I ever saw him in was the Ben Affleck, uh, Jack Ryan movie, The Sum of All Fears, mm -hmm. which I like. Not everybody, like hardly anybody likes that movie. <laughs> I like that movie. But he plays the Russian president. Yep. And yeah, he can just like fit into any nation nationality that you throw at him. So this is going to be strange to have him have this kind of an accent, which I assume he will. Which I assume he does normally with a name like Kieran. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, but yeah, now that you mention it, I think I've only ever seen him speaking with a British accent for the most part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, who else is in this? We've got, I, I'm going to get this name probably wrong. It's Katrina Belfi. I think it's pretty close to how you say it. She's on Outlander, her okay. big thing. Okay. And then Jamie Dornan. So... Uh, a kind of a split here, so definitely some actual Irish actors, mm -hmm. and then some definitely not Irish actors. <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody else 
uh, as far as the acting goes. I know it's set in the 60s, mm. and this is like one of those kind of coming of age, yeah, growing up at a certain time. It's basically about Kenneth Branagh's life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's his own story mm-hmm. of growing up in Belfast in the 1960s. I, is he from there? Yes, he was born in Belfast. I guess I didn't even know that because I yeah. just think of him as such a British actor sure. that I I don't know anything about his early life. Mm-hmm. I also know it's in black and white. Yeah. So thus far of the movies that we have watched, the only one that qualifies is that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know anything else about this one? No. We. Well, I haven't even seen a trailer for it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, I don't know if I have actually watched a trailer, maybe a teaser. Uh, I think I'm just mostly excited because of the buzz around it. Yeah. And I have heard good things. Yeah. And I think I'm not really expecting like a huge bombast kind of a movie. It's going to be a a low-key, small kind of story about growing up. I And the the complications that come with it in a place that is going to have a lot of conflict. Right. Right. I'm hoping that this is kind of like Brooklyn. Yeah. When we watched that a few years ago. Yeah. Just the little quiet movie that's really just nice. It's a I nice want a movie. nice movie. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with the Oscars giving me a challenging or a weird movie, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's nice to just have a nice movie. We did just watch The Power of the Dog. <laughs> That's Yes, that would be the former. This is what I'm hoping will be the, the contender for the nice movie this year. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, don't really know much about it. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. So, Belfast, we're going to go to a theater and see this one because it is not streaming anywhere yet. Uh, much to the chagrin of, of uh, your, your podcast host here. But, hey, we're doing it for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go watch Belfast. We will be right back. So, Betsy, I have one question for you. Okay. Are you just going to do an Irish accent the rest of the episode? No. (laughs) I'm surprised because usually at every opportunity to do an Irish accent, especially after you've been hearing it for a while, you're going to do it. Oh, it might come out. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Like, there's, there's one word in particular that I always my ears pick up on especially in the northern irish accent yes and it's the word house they have such there's so many vowels crammed into a very (laughs) short amount of space it's house yeah it's like wait what (laughs) what was that word house house you know house the house you mean the house (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a very different pronunciation. So yes, trust me, the urge is strong, but no, I it's will It's going to come out, guys. I will it's refrain. just going to come out. <laughs> uh, so Belfast, what did you think? I really liked this one. Yeah, it was um, a little bit more muted than what I expected, but at the same time, I think it, it, it struck the right balance between the things that were actually happening at this time, because this is a very formative time for 
Ireland in general in the UK. Yes. And for this little boy. Right. And, of course, a little boy in 1969, when he's this age, he's not going to really remember a whole lot of details. He's going to remember the big bits. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's just very thematic throughout the movie, where the whole movie, except little bits, the movie's in black and white. Yes. But there are parts of this movie that are in color. So it starts in color, which I was just like, wait, what's happening? Right. <laughs> and it's like present day Belfast. Right. And then it goes over a wall. It just transitions. And it, you travel through time. You go back to August 1969. Yes. Which, for those people who actually lived through that, is a very important time in their lives. So we talked about it in the intro where I said I don't know about, you know, Northern Ireland and the conflicts and everything when that was happening. Sure. This movie starts when that was starting. Yeah. So August 1969 is when everything went to hell, basically. Yeah, and then basically was going on for 30 years yeah, in one form or another. Right. This was the beginning of and it. And there's a lot of things happening around the events of this movie, but it's just one little boy mm-hmm. living out his childhood. Yeah. And there's stuff going on. There's turmoil in the country. Mm-hmm. There's conflicts all around them. There's some stuff going on with his dad. Yeah, his there's parents are going... There's tax problems. Yeah, there's parent, uh, his parents are going through a time. Yeah. Like... He, his dad is working in London. Right, because they have a comment somewhere in the movie that mm-hmm. unemployment is at its highest right. in the UK in Northern Ireland. Right. So this is a bad time mm-hmm. for where they live. Right. And bad economic times breed a lot of upheaval. Right. People look for someone to blame or something mm-hmm. to blame. Right. And that tends to cause chaotic energy yeah it, it and they it, need an outlet it, it, it exasperates uh the, the conflicts that are there like under the surface yeah. that's why you know we're we as a people right now are having so many issues um that are kind of popping up that you know we're not going to really get into a lot of politics here but the world you know, is under stress the, the world is under a huge huge amount of stress and people under stress tend to lash out and say things that they wouldn't normally say and do things they wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And that's what's happening here. Yeah, exactly. You know, people who have known each other for years and years. Live on the same street. Their neighbors. Have lived on the same street. They know everybody mm-hmm. and they know them. Sometimes people kind of lose their way and they go over to a side that you can't cross over to. Mm-hmm. And they are no longer your friend. Mm-hmm. And it, it tears people apart. There are people that we know that we would probably hang out with more or talk to more, but they're just crazy. (laughs) They've gone crazy over the past couple few years, and it's like, no, I can't deal with you. We're just going to stop. I can't deal with you right now until you come to your senses. To bring it back to the movie, though, so this is... The movie starts where he's just playing on the street and his mom is calling him in for tea. Yeah. And then he freezes because there's guys in masks with torches yeah. literally smashing up the entire street. All of a sudden there's this There's explosions. Huge riot. Yeah. yeah. Like people uh, probably our age and younger yeah. in masks just going around terrorizing and the terrorizing people, breaking windows, Rioting. yelling at people. Just a, it's a huge riot. Yeah. And that would be really scary for this kid who let's what is he like eight? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, if that. 
he's seven or eight years old and he sees that and then mom is like grabbing him in the street and throwing him under the table and he right. doesn't know what's going on and they light a car on fire and it, like the gas tank explodes mm -hmm. and it's literally just out of nowhere. It's, it's just any other day where mm -hmm. the kids are just playing in the street yeah. as you do mm -hmm. and this huge mob comes to town and what do you do? You hide. Yeah. And let just let them go about their business and hopefully they don't come to your door. Right. And they quickly rebuild the street, but then they build like a barricade and yeah. the police are called, like the British government sends the military right. in. Right. Yeah. The British army comes and builds these barriers yeah. to separate the the agitators. Yeah. Or to, at from, least to slow them down. Right. So you, you basically have to pass a, a, a checkpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and, Who and, are you and where are you going and why are you right, here? Right, right. And they, they start giving like people the third degree right away. But as time goes on, that gets a little bit more lax. Like by, by the very end, I saw one of the guards just basically asleep yep. on, on the chair. Because things calmed down because yeah. this basically started in 1969 and it just ebbed and flowed. There yeah. would be high tension times mm -hmm. and then low tension times. Totally. And after a few months here it like got more normal mm -hmm. so they were all kind of scared at the beginning and then they just sort of go about their lives and you know apart from the fact that there's dudes with pit like uh torches yeah walking up and down the street every night right like uh you know the neighborhood of, watch kind yeah, of a show thing. of power mm -hmm. stuff yeah. other than that you know it kind of goes back to normal and mm -hmm. the kids still play in the street and they go hang out with their friends yeah. and they you know oh, we're going to go to that store and rob him and take his candy. <laughs> you know, just yeah. getting into trouble the yeah. way they do. But it's always in the background. Right. So there's just these little things. And that's the way a kid would remember it, where mm -hmm. he mostly remembers the running around and having fun and yeah. getting into mischief. Yeah. But, but then, then there's... There's a, glimpses yeah. of him remembering the fights that his parents are having and the conversations he had with his grandparents. And the goon who comes by and threatens his dad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like little moments mm -hmm. in this movie where he's picking up on something is happening, but he doesn't mm -hmm. know what. Like, right. dad apparently has back taxes. They owe the government. They've been paying it off for years. And mm -hmm. he overhears like his parents fighting, mm -hmm. as you would. Yeah. You know, it's hard to keep that stuff when you all live in the same house a secret. <laughs> and when, when one person is working and... They're they're like working for two weeks at a time in England. And they're coming not back, there. Coming back for a weekend and they leave again. Yep. That's rough on a family. Mm -hmm. Especially if the other person isn't making any money and all they're doing is raising the kids, which is important. Yeah. I'm not discounting but that. But back in that day, you those days you could do it. Yeah. But again, it's contextual. There's unrest in the country. Unemployment yeah. is at its highest it's ever been. Yep. You are working out of the country mm -hmm. while the rest of your family is in this situation. Right. They're in harm's way. Yeah. You, directly. you are already in trouble with the government because you don't make enough money and you owe right. back taxes. Yeah. Dad is sick. He's in the hospital. Grandpa is sick. Yeah. And it's just... They don't have any money. They don't have any money. And it's just sort of all the bad things that could be happening are happening all at once to this little family. Right. And it just... This whole environment seems like... I don't really know anything about Belfast other than its geographic location. Mm -hmm. But it seems like 
it's kind of a small town. It's a working it, it's, class town. It's, it's, yeah, it's an overgrown small town filled with working class people. Yeah. Which is a great thing to have. We mentioned before that, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, my if I had kids, my kids would know everybody else in the neighborhood. Yeah. And they all know my kids. And if something were to happen to them, they would take care of them. Yeah. It's it's a you really a clo- it's a close knit kind of a thing, and they showed in the very first scene where the where Buddy the kid is running around and like he hears adults like we we hear in the background we hear adults calling out to Buddy because they all know him by yeah. name. Buddy, your mom's yelling for you. Yeah, hey Buddy, come on, Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, and like a lot of towns in that part of the world back in you know like the forties and fifties, they were mostly like shipyards. Like That's they would what that build was. ships and they show at the beginning, like yeah. the, the modern day, it's like abandoned shipyards. Yeah. And I'm sure it's because this is about the era in the sixties where they were starting to shut those things down. Right. So there was, it was sort of not long for this world, which is why unemployment would have been so high. Sure. And if that's all your city has, then what do you do? You mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. And that's what ended up happening at the very end. That's the crux of this is they're trying to figure out, do they stay it's, or do they leave? And it's it's everything at the same time. It's yep. not just the unrest. It is the money situation, job situation. Uh, he can get this job in management. They're going to put him up and his family up in an apartment rent free. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. In a house, not and, just and, an apartment. Right, like, and, and rent yeah, you're to right. Own, yeah, it is, yeah, it is a rent to own type of thing, and it, it basically, if he works there long enough, mm-hmm. they'll give him this house to own. It's everything they don't have yeah. where they currently and it's live. It's a bigger place in a safer city. Yeah, and you know, but it's like, it's that or it's leave your home. Right, and the mom yeah. is like very much against leaving Belfast because that's her heritage. That's their. It's it's everything that she knows. It's she she home. talks about it like I know everybody down this block. Everybody knows me. Um, she was having the conversation with that one lady while they were playing basketball. What did that la- that lady say? It about was like, leaving. Yeah. Yeah. She said something about um, half of the Irish. You know, we're used to leaving. Right. The Irish are used to leaving. Half of them leave and half of us stay yeah. just so we can miss the other half or something. Well, and they also say something about as long as we have a phone. A Guinness and the sheet music to Danny Boy. <laughs> we'll always remember Ireland. Yes. And like she said, like, well, how do you think the rest of the world has any good taste or something yeah. like the that? The pubs. We all have to leave. The Irish have to leave so the rest of the world has pubs. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, it's true. Like, there's been waves. And that's not just exclusive to Ireland. There's mm-hmm. been many countries where that happens. Yeah. You know, think of the potato famine. You know, yeah. everybody came to America. Yeah. And then there was the world war and everybody came to america right. and then there's you know unrest and and, and there, unemployment and they all come yeah, to america and, and there was like backlash in america back during these times against the irish like yeah. just coming in and taking over neighborhoods and like turning it into their own little ireland yep and there was huge backlash back then. i mean there was also some catholic uh, mistrust back then as well mm-hmm. but that's a that's a separate issue um, Again, it goes back to the point, you're just looking for somebody to blame when things yes, are bad. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's like, well, all these Irish are new, we're clearly going to have to blame uh-huh. them. <laughs> yep. When in doubt, blame immigrants. <laughs> but of course we kid. So I, I agree with you. I really like this movie to, to the extent that it tells a good story. I didn't know anything really about this whole conflict. 
like I obviously I've heard about it. Sure, I know sure. that there is a very delicate balance, yeah. a very delicate piece between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. And I think most mm-hmm. of, most people know like Bloody Sunday. They've heard that phrase, yep. and that came a few years after this. Yes, uh, and and you know I know that there's been a lot of recent nervousness about that situation because. Part of Ireland is in the EU, and the other part of Ireland Ireland is no longer in the EU. Mm -hmm. And when the UK basically said, nope, we're out, we're going to leave the EU, all the Brexit stuff, it suddenly raised a lot of questions. Well, what do we do with the borders? There is no literal border. They kind of left it pretty open and fluid just because it's like, we've got this piece, everything's chill, and now all of a sudden it gets complicated again. What do you do with passports? Because Mm -hmm. you had an agreement with the EU. They're no longer a part of the EU. Is it another country? Is it just like going across the street to get a a, a pint of milk? Yeah. Or whatever. Um, Yeah, so it's a complicated kind of a thing. Thankfully, tensions have really uh, subsided, let's say, uh, over the past few decades. So that's all great. But in general, I think they they tell a really good story and they they frame it in the eyes of a child. Because that's kind of what you have to do. It's filmed a lot of that way, too. Like, there's a lot of really interesting shots and framing. I really wanted to talk about the cinematography. Yes. And I think this was by far the most impressive that we have seen so far. It's incredibly interesting. Like, there's every frame, every inch of the frame it's has something filled. for you to look at. Yeah, it's like weird, like, multi-focused things so that everything is in focus and you, you have to look at different parts of the screen yeah. to find out what's happening. So there's, like, two characters in the center and on the left having a yeah. conversation in the foreground. Yeah. But then there's somebody in the background who's also in focus. Contributing to the conversation. And part of the conversation. Yeah. Or two people are in focus in the foreground and there's somebody around the corner Mm -hmm. or like there's that shot in the hospital near the end you're outside of the hospital looking through a window and you can see the characters inside the hospital but then there's a reflection of the nurses Mm -hmm. out in the courtyard on the window and it's very i loved how this movie looked like there's a whole thing about buddy has a crush on the little girl in his class and they ultimately decide that they are going to move mm-hmm. out of Belfast. They're going to move to England because yeah. they just, they feel like they've got to. There's nothing else they can do at that point. Mm-hmm. And he goes to say goodbye and she opens the front door and you're inside the house and across the street, way in the distance, mm-hmm. there's his dad. Just waiting and watching. He's not there to do anything or mm-hmm. say anything, but you see him and it's just incredibly well thought out like mm-hmm. every damn shot like that it's constructed shots yes and and he had a, like a painstaking task of filling the screen filling the frame with as much information as he could possibly have even if it's not really telling you a whole lot no so yeah that scene was really great the funeral scene was great of it like like looking up at the yeah. at the people as, as they're as they're child. looking down yeah yeah Everything is like a dramatic angle looking upward and they all look like giants and the sky in all of those shots, the clouds and the gray and Mm -hmm. just, it's almost almost like warped too. Like that angle is so extreme that Mm -hmm. it makes it look like, like 3D almost. There was another scene where they, I think he came, he came home and they were talking about leaving 
and it was like there were stairs on the left hand side of the screen and we have the father kind of talking almost towards the camera but off to the side talking to his wife we can see it through the door like and we can see that they're having a conversation over here and buddy is up on the stairs kind of looking down and the camera is looking down as if that was the child yeah that's his point of view yeah it's really well shot it's Uh very cool yeah i i liked a lot of that and it's it's not beating you over the head like you definitely notice it but it's not flashy oh no there's nothing flashy about this movie at all except 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 the (laughs) the scenes where there's color okay so here's my interpretation of that and they show this so buddy gets very excited about going to the movies and watching movies on TV. Like, he's shown watching Star Trek at the beginning of the movie. OG he's Star the Trek, OG the TV Star show. Trek. He's shown watching The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance and High Noon. Mm-hmm. So these classic Western movies from the 1950s and 60s. From America, because you're not going to get a whole lot of yep. UK content back then. Yep. They also go to the theater, and I don't know the name of the movie, but it's the one they reference in Shawshank Redemption. Oh, where yeah. Like with the lovely Raquel. Raquel it's Raquel Welch. Welch as like a cave woman. I don't know what that movie is. I, I have no idea, but they're like but on the beach in bikinis. Yes, it's a bunch of women in bikinis in like fur bikinis yes. running on the beach. Yes. And it's that. It's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. And then they go and see a live performance of A Christmas Carol. Yes. And the way I interpreted that... The black and white stuff, it's like the vague memories you have as a kid, Uh but those are like the formative core experiences. Yes. Like you remember when you saw that movie or you did that thing that had such an impact on you as a kid. And this is Kenneth Branagh we're talking about. I guarantee you he vividly remembers these moments in his life. Maybe not these specific examples, but I I suspect Uh, they are. I suspect it is 100% his memory. Because he goes on to make movies yeah. and he goes on to be a stage actor and yeah. those are all very vivid experiences yep. in your you, had, you remember every detail you had the exact thought i had mm-hmm. about these are the things that really stuck with this guy yep and you know you you said uh, like watching the movies the the one scene that i appreciated the most was when they were watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, they're in the car, and they're about to go off the cliff, and the entire audience is like leaning forward, like <laughs> going over the cliff. Going with over them. the cliff with them. And yeah, it was just a great thing because that probably happened. You yeah. didn't see a whole lot of like quote unquote special effects no. back then. These are that like was a huge thing. These are small town people who have little lives. Right. This is before TV was massive. Like people had TV. Sure. But you know, even in the late '60s in England, in yeah. small town, it was still not every house. Not right. everybody. And had this one. is like big screen technic yeah. Technicolor. Technicolor. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, so that right there is a huge, huge deal and probably very formative for Kenneth Branagh. Yep. And then his grandma takes him to see A Christmas Carol. Yeah. And the actors on the stage are in color. Yep. And the reflection in yes. Judy Dench's glasses. You can see in her glasses <laughs> the reflection of the performers, and that's also in color. And she's just oh, making it's commentary. Wonderful. It's wonderful. But yeah, again, like if you saw a play, like. Talk to any actor. Talk to anybody you know who's ever gone to a show. 
and then walked out and gone, that's what I want to do. Oh, they yeah. all have that story. Oh, yeah. They can tell you the exact moment where they were like, that's, I want to do that. Yeah. Whether it was when they were five or 12 or 20, mm-hmm. they have a moment and I guarantee if you ask them, I know some of you listeners are actors. Yes, every, you can produce that story. Every artist out there has that moment. I have heard quite a few of them in, in, in excruciating detail. Mm-hmm. Like I've told you about, and I think I've maybe even played this story for you, a guy by the name of Henry Rollins. If you do not know him, look him up. Henry Rollins tells the story about the moment he decided he wanted to be in a rock band. He went to go see the Ramones in this dinky little hellhole. Hellhole where it is like 500 degrees, and they oversold the thing by like 100. percent And he's like what 17 years old. And he's or something? like yeah, he's a total teenager. And he goes in with a bunch of his his uh, his buddies. Yeah. And by the end of that experience, like the entire thing is a blur to him, but he remembers every single moment. By the end of that show, they all came out and got got outside. He said within the next three months or like something very short, every one of his friends who went to that show all started a band. And some of them made it too. Like yeah. a lot of them made, like made a good run of it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I've, I've heard a lot of stories like that. And yeah, it, it just takes that one moment yeah. to decide, oh my God. You can actually make money doing this, have this be your living, and you can do something that you really, really love. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Right. Well, and like they show it on his, like his freaking face. This little kid is oh, watching man. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and his mouth is agape, and his eyes are wide. Yeah. She's like, oh, what? what? Just <laughs> awe. Pure joy, pure awe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's it's really nice. It's very nice. And then there's just such other lovely little moments in this movie, like the whole relationship with the grandparents. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a reason those two get nominated for the acting category. Yeah. So they're both up for Best Supporting best Actor supporting. and Actress. And they've been married for 50 years, and they talk to each other the way you do when you've known somebody for that <laughs> long. And they're just you know, very caring and sweet and they just want to be there and they help the grandson with, with his homework, with his maths. Yeah. And it's just, you know, after, after going to a Christmas carol, they're riding the bus home and he's asking his grandma about her life. And she says, Oh, I used to love going to the movies and you know, there was this magical place and it was called Shangri-La in the mm-hmm, movies. And mm-hmm. he says, did you ever make it? And she just gets this like kind of faraway look. And yeah, no, she never made it out of Belfast. She's lived there her whole life. Mm-hmm, that's where she's going to die. She's, and, she's made that decision. Yeah, And she knows it. And yeah. it's just like uh, the one of several moments where I was getting a little <laughs> choked up because I'm like, I need to go call my grandma. <laughs> I need to call both my grandmas. Because, you know, you take for granted the fact that these people have had these lives before yeah. you were around. Totally. They've done so many things that you have no idea. Yeah. My grandpa passed away and I didn't find out until like months after that he knew how to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't even bother to ask him because I was so caught up being a kid. Yeah. You don't think to stop and talk to and them And you don't about really think of your grandparents as like cool or have no. ever done anything or interesting, interesting <laughs> no. in their lives. It's a, No, they're just... That's they're just, grandma and grandpa. They're just old and retired people. They sit in their chairs and they watch TV all day. Yeah. That's what they do. 
That's what they've always done. Because from no. the time you were alive, yes. they've been retired. 100%. Yeah. yeah That's all that you've ever known them as. But there is a storied history. Mm-hmm. And I would, I mean, I, I haven't had any grandparents since, since 1996. Yeah. And I'm uh, jealous of anybody who still has their grandparents, especially getting under their 20s and 30s. Because at that time, you can actually have real conversations with them and really learn about their lives and get something out of it. You know, I was, I guess, 12. Yeah, I just turned 12 when my my last grandparent had died. So, again, I'm like, Betsy, you have two grandparents left. And I appreciate being able to hang out with them with you. Even though they're not mine, uh, I do appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So... Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and they love you. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. Grandmas love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And yeah, it's just very sweet. And like the buddy keeps kind of going to their house after school and... And just seeing them, and when he's telling them how they might have to move to England, he says, I wish you could come with us. Yeah. Because he just wants them to come along yeah, and be he, with them. Yeah, and he knows that he's that they're not going to come. This yeah. is their home, and this is where they're going to... And the mm-hmm. final scene of the movie, they're on the bus, and yes. they're going away, yes. and there's Grandma, and she's like, far she away. She has the final line of the movie. Yep, and she says, go, don't look back. Yep go and then she closes the door and leans her head against the door and starts to cry and that's when i started to cry (laughs) and that's why i'm about to start crying again (laughs) so yeah that final scene i I mean she says aloud what she's thinking Mm -hmm. what she's been thinking she won't tell him to his face she won't ever tell him go son yeah you need to get out of here Mm -hmm. i know what's bad but i'm never gonna say it because I'm not going to speak ill of my own hometown. But this is where I live, and this yeah. is where I'm going to rest my yep. bones. This is good for me. Yep. It's not good for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So get out of here. This is a good opportunity for you to leave, and you know consequences be damned. Yep. So. Yeah, and then of course her her husband uh, passes away. He's he's yeah. unwell and he's in the hospital. He was a coal miner and he's had respiratory yep. issues. Yep. And they never really specifically say what the problem is, but they mentioned several times he was a coal miner. Yeah, he was a coal miner and and there was a moment where he's coughing. Yep. After they have a little conversation, which mm-hmm. I love their conversations. Yes. Them getting up and dancing and yeah. Just, when like, when that's when the shit. That's the shit we're gonna do when we get old. Like she says, "Has your heart ever skipped a beat?" And he tells the story about her. Brown, yeah, the stockings. brown stockings she painted her legs because those were the days you couldn't get stockings they were in short supply so she yeah. painted her legs and drew a seam on the back <laughs> and then he was confused why he couldn't get he couldn't a grip get on them. he couldn't get them off <laughs> <laughs> when they were still young uh, and just like them the two of them remembering those, their younger yeah, days those stories are the best yeah and of course he passes away and they have the funeral and then they have a big goddamn party. Yeah. Because they have that's the big an Irish, Irish funeral. Yep, yep. Oh my God. That's what I want, guys. When I go, I want there to be a band. I want there to be dancing. I want there to be alcohol. <laughs> I want it to be a goddamn party. That's right. So, remember me. Remember me. <laughs> And you know, it's also a celebration of life. It's not being sad about yeah. somebody who died. Yeah. It's celebrating that we're all still alive and they used to be here and it's okay. Yeah. It's like, damn it. Like we, other cultures have have like these big events much, much better than we do. Mm-hmm. Like we just watched 
uh, Bennett like Beckham and there is an Indian wedding. Yeah. And it's like, that's amazing. I yeah. want to go to that. It looks yeah. so much fun. Like an actual fun wedding instead of our fuddy-duddy weddings. Right. <laughs> and like, I've been to plenty of funerals, unfortunately, and they're not fun. No. It, it is a downer. You know, uh, it's it's that thing where I bet if coming back to my grandma's, my grandma is half Irish. And I would be willing to bet if I said, Grandma, you want to party at your funeral, she'd be like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, I want to party. Because <laughs> that's her style. That's who she is. Uh, so beyond the the, the the sad portions of it and like the somber stuff like there's there's some real problems going on here and they're like making it very simplified here the, the whole conflict is very complicated and it's in the background because yeah. the kid wouldn't be paying attention right, to that right 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 and there is a scene where like <laughs> the kid the the, kid, the two boys are sent off to church after the after the initial riots mm-hmm. and they said oh yeah the, your 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 grandma would, would have my hi- or tan my string hide me up. would string me up if if the the boys didn't go to church. So they go to church the next day by themselves. By the way, because mom and dad have business to discuss, yeah. and God will understand. God will understand if we go go to church. We we got stuff to talk about. But the the boys go to church, and the minister up there has this like fire and brimstone kind sweating. Of, yes, <laughs> just like calling down the wrath of God. If you do not choose the correct path. And what's the correct path, Betsy? They don't say. <laughs> no, they don't. They it's, don't. It's just one path leads to righteousness and right. one to certain doom and right. hellfire. Right. And, and this and little to a, boy. To a kid, he just takes everything literally and he like uh, draws this this literal road with, uh, with an impasse. Like bad path and good path. What do I do? And what he's like I trying do? to wake his brother up in the middle of the night. Right. Which one did he say to go down? <laughs> Which one? But then there's the phrase like throughout the movie, his dad says, be good. But if you can't be good, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> Which is a great, that's like such an Irish thing to say too. Sure. They're f- Don't the, get caught. Yeah. The There are so many great phrases, sayings like that. Yeah that come from the Irish and that's that's a solid one right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can't be if you can't be good, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> but yeah, and then that again, it's another metaphor for what's going on here. They have two choices. They can stay in Belfast yeah. or they can leave. Yeah, it's a lot of choices. Yep. The the kid has this um you, we we mentioned that she uh, he's got this uh, little girlfriend that he's got a crush on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets um he, he tries to do better in his uh, his studies, gets a better grade. And I've never seen this in schools No, where the best students who have the best marks sit in the front of the class. They keep... What did she call the, the head seat? Oh, the, the seat of knowledge the or the seat, seat of, of learning, Something I think. like that. I think she called it the seat How of learning. How fucked up is that? Yeah. The smart kids get to sit up front and every week and we're going to... And get to learn the most. We're going to see which one of you is the smartest and rotate you around by yeah. the dumbest kids. And like the there's... Back. Like one of the kids got like a 17% on, or something. Yep. And he's in the back. He's in the back. That's not where you put that kid. That kid really should be in the front. <laughs> Don't reward. No. You should flip-flop that. Yeah. Because you know what? He will get more out of it 
it being up front. Yeah, let's let's just kind of even things out of here. A little but yeah, bit. so he's the, the girl doesn't really need a lot of he's help. He's trying to impress this girl and sit next to he her. He wants to sit next to her, yeah. yeah. But of course, you know, at the end of the movie, we find out she's a Catholic mm-hmm. and he's a Protestant. Yeah. And he asks his dad, is that, you know, do you is think that okay? we do you think we have a future? Yeah. I think that's what he says. I love that little scene. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if she's a Catholic or she's a, a Hinduist. A or, vegan antichrist. Or a, vegan, a veg- vegetarian antichrist. Vegetarian antichrist. <laughs> Best line in the movie. <laughs> They're always welcome in our house. That's a great sentiment. Yeah. I love that. Yep. And there's also this through line. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up. He's watching all these Westerns throughout the movie. Yep. Uh, the one that you haven't seen, I bet, is High Noon. No, I haven't. So High Noon, the whole story is, at the beginning of the movie, this guy is like the the deputy, the sheriff. He gets married, and the same day he finds out that this outlaw who he put away has escaped and is coming for revenge. And he is, an, he is arriving on the noon train. And so it's the whole morning, everybody's like, you need to leave, you need to leave. And he's like, no, I need to stay. Yeah. So it's an apt metaphor for what we're watching here and they play that song a lot um where it's like i'm going to stay and i need to face this man and i don't know what my destiny is going to be and there's like literally another guy who's this kind of goon who is harassing their family and saying you are in or you are out and And they they, have a literal showdown yeah they have a little showdown (laughs) yeah and that song that is playing is the song from high noon oh shit okay yeah all right so there's these kind of cowboy moralistic right and wrong what do i do being righteous and yeah but but not violent yeah because like the the dad who confronts him he throw what does he throw like a brick or something at the gun Mm -hmm. so that the so that he doesn't shoot anybody yep and then the wife like tackles him yeah and they get away yeah but yeah this is all like a cowboy showdown kind of a thing i i did not think about that yeah they even have like the overhead shot yes. of them just facing each other and the gun is like tucked in his but, back yeah, behind not, his, yeah. not next to his hip but yeah. it's the same thing he like draws quick yep yeah that's an absolute cowboy moment Man. now i haven't seen the man who shot liberty valance yeah. but again i don't think it's a mistake that there's all these cowboy movies mm-hmm. and that one my understanding is this man is telling the story yep. about what happened yep. and it's all about right and wrong mm-hmm. and a whodunit etc yeah the man who shot, shot liberty valance and the the conclusion of that is spoiler alert spoiler alert it's all made up yep it's all made up the whole story is made up but then like the, the guy who's like taking down the story he just rips up his notes and says you know what when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Mm-hmm. So this it, the, the the story is more important as fiction than the real truth. But yeah, so it's another story about like morals and storytelling and mm-hmm. yeah. So these are interesting specific things. And then you've got Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is just magical. Yeah. It's it's a magical movie for a child. I loved that movie as a child. <laughs> it's whimsical and there's flying cars and in 1960 whatever yeah. to a child that's fucking incredible. <laughs> you know, and there's songs and dancing yeah. and candy. It's a drug trip and, without being on drugs. Yeah. And it's a very British movie save Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> but he's delightful in it. So yeah, there's some very pointed choices that Kenneth Branagh has made for the overall story but the westerns in particular that that's the stuff that really stood out well that's what all that that's all they made back in the 60s 
for for the most part, like those were the movies that were the, the biggest the big sellers. Yeah, yeah, John Wayne was in everything. There's a reason he has 200 plus movies. Yeah, because they just kept on selling. People went to see that shit. Yeah. They loved it. You know what the weirdest part is? I've never watched a John Wayne movie. Wow. Full confession, guys. Wow. I know a lot about his movies. I've seen, I, I could name 10 of them, I'm yeah. sure, easily. I've never actually watched one beginning to end. Now, to be clear here, I've seen some John Wayne movies, but I haven't, like, sat down to watch them. I thank my father They're always that. on the TV. My dad always watched John Wayne movies. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to, to, to mention a couple other things here. Uh, first off, there is a, just a kind of a throwaway type of thing. And, and if you missed it, it wouldn't have affected the story whatsoever. But near the end of the movie, Bunny is like on, on the ground, on the sidewalk somewhere, reading a comic book. Oh, yep. And I had to point this out to you in the theater. It, like I saw it, but it didn't click. Didn't, it didn't click. He is reading a Thor of comic book. Of course he is. And we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Kenneth Branagh directed the first Thor movie. He sure did, Trent. And hey, that's a little wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> yeah, that was a cute little inclusion for the, the keen-eyed for, observer. For, for those in the know. Yep. <laughs> and the, the other thing I wanted to mention was the TV so back in the 60s and 70s and, and even into the 80s and 90s, TV was big, big, big business. And you always had it on because that's what everybody, that's the family time. Well, and of course, they touch on it. This is 1969. They were watching the moon landing. Right. Right. That's what where everybody just was around the TV as family time. And, you know, we get a few of the pop culture to things. We, we mentioned the, the Star Trek and, and the Westerns and whatnot. But the news... Yeah. The news just kind of narrow, like they have the TV news on in the background and it just kind of narrates what is happening outside of Belfast and, and, and just around that in around the conflict. And a lot of that seemed like it was real footage. It did because the audio seemed legit. I think most of it was real footage. I, yeah. There maybe was one that I thought was I no recorded, idea. but but yeah, like yeah. that was a, a really good inclusion in this movie because it's it's telling the audience th it's putting you in that time. Yeah, it's showing it, you and 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 telling you what is happening all around. It's background noise, but yeah. if you tune into it, you're getting right. crucial you're getting information. information. Yeah. I thought that was just, it's a brilliant way to just keep the audience involved and put them into that place and time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's little moments that really connect you to the fact that this is the late 60s. Like, he's playing with matchbox cars. Sure. He's got his little plastic toys, and, you know, he's, for Christmas, they have certain kinds of toys, and he's got his little ray gun that makes little noises. Oh, yeah, I had something like that. Yep. <laughs> And yeah, he's like, they, they approach the topic of, we were thinking that maybe we as a family, we could make this decision. We could talk about it and maybe we could move to England and you could have a little yard and play. And he does not like that answer. No, he does not. He has an absolute meltdown yeah. because he's like, I don't want to leave and I want to stay here. Yeah. And I don't want to be I'm away I'm not going to have my people. friends, my cousins. Yep. I won't be able to hang around that girl anymore. Yep. Um, Yeah. You're going to ruin my life. And that is a legitimate and appropriate response for a kid of that age. Absolutely. Now, I went through a very, very similar thing. I was thinking about own, you when we watched In my this. own life. I got sat down when I was 13 
It was 1999. No, I was, actually, it was probably 1415. But summer of 99, my folks sat me down and said, Dad has this opportunity to move. Uh, my mom would be able to transfer to the to, to another place where she was working. My dad got a new pl- got a new job at a, at a similar job, but just in a, in a bigger city. And they sat me down and basically gave me the decision making uh, ability. And I said, "Yeah, yeah, let's move, let's go," mm-hmm. because I weighed the pros and cons. I would be losing my friends. I'd be losing, you know, the cousins that I've, I've been hanging out hanging out with my entire life. But they would still be around, and I would make new friends and new be moved to a bigger city and blah blah blah. And the rest is history. So I can absolutely relate to that kind of a thing. I just was older. Yeah, but if you had been like seven, eight years old, you'd have had a violent reaction to that decision maybe, too. Maybe, maybe because you were really you know friends with your cousins, and they lived yeah. right down the street basically. Yeah. yeah, and you could see them anytime you wanted. I, I would hang out with them probably at least once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I've thought about this too, like if, you know, your, your office closed and now you work from home, yeah. if it ever came down to a situation where it's like, you can work from home or you can transfer to another office, if it's the difference between you having a job and not, right? you know, if you had to move, that would suck. We would hate that. As adults, we would hate that. Sure. So this is not a decision that anybody has to take lightly. Every time I watch all my friends who have moved... Oh my gosh. It's, it's just, an ordeal. That's a whole thing. Yeah. And the second you have kids to also factor in, I can't even imagine. So more power to you guys who've had to do that, who have had to make that decision yeah. and move because it's the right thing to do for and, your family. And if you have kids and you're thinking about this, you need to involve them. Because if they're it's old a, enough to be involved. Because it's affecting their life too. Yeah. You know, take into consideration their feelings. Um, because kids are smart. They are much smarter than what you give them credit for in some capacities. And I'll say, just staying on the kid front, this movie reminded me so much of a movie from a couple of years ago, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, similar thing. the, The kid is around the same age. It is about a conflict that he doesn't necessarily understand. It's much less of a, th- this movie is much less of a comedy than Jojo Rabbit is, but there's some, tr- some tragic things that happen there too. You know, it's, it's seeing things from the, from the mind of a child. This is how you remember it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you cannot blame the kid for any of the things happening around him. No. It's just he's experiencing it like anybody else would. He's young and scared too. Yeah. Like there are moments where he like, he is faced face to face with the shit that's happening yeah. and he kind of freezes yeah. and then he says, I'm going home and right. he like tries to run away and people keep dragging him back in. Yeah, that girl keeps like recruiting him into yeah. her little schemes. You're in the gang. Yeah. And she's like dragging him along to this, this final confrontation here. And as soon as he gets involved, he's like, no, 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 I want to get out of here. I want to go home. Take me home. And he's like dragging her back and they end up doing a similar thing. They, they ransack this grocery store mm-hmm. and he steals a box of detergent that he saw off the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and as, as with most people, advertising sticks in your brain. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't actually need it. He no. doesn't know what to do with it. But he like in that moment panics and just grabs it. Right. 
what are the what are the what's the advertisement? It's it's not organic. It's, it's uh, biological. Biological. That's the word. Yeah. Or in the <laughs> same thing, like when he is put in the position by the same girl, she says, "We're going to go to this shop, yep. and I'm going to ask him for something, and he's going to have to bend down, and mm-hmm. he's going to be looking away. And when that happens, you're going to reach and you're going to grab all the candy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, I can't do it. I can't swipe." And she says, "Okay, just grab what you grab can. what you can. Grab and a he, couple of things." He grabs Turkish delight. She's like, "Do you even like Turkish?" She's like, no. No, I don't like it, but I grabbed something. He just panicked and he grabbed the first thing. <laughs> and then I love the scene after after people find out the, and the, the shop owner calls the police, of course. And he even yells at him, I know who you are. Yeah, I'm going like to get your parents involved. People. He lives around the corner like they yeah, show it later. He's right. like 12 feet from that sure, store. Sure, sure. And like the cop comes by. <laughs> mom is all mom, smiles. Yeah, mom brings him and says, hey, this police officer has uh, some questions There's for you about what happened. There's a misunderstanding. Yeah, I wonder what, uh, and the cops ask, so do you know what happened to Mr. Singh's uh, place? And he's like, he's ha- having all the, the audio echo in his mind. <laughs> like, Freezing. Like, like folding his arms and not really wanting to, to, to respond. Yeah. And after the interrogation is over. The mom and the cop go outside and they kind of, they, they're, they're laughing smiling. it up. And then mom comes back in and says, you little son of a... Yeah. <laughs> the second the door is closed, chases him up the stairs. And it's in mom mode now. Yep. It's, I was watching that. He's just, just trying like, to scare the kid. It's okay. I was just like, oh my God, he's in such deep shit. She's all smiles for the cop. But it's like, uh-huh. I'm going to murder you, small human. <laughs> What have you done? Uh-huh. I will end your life. Yeah. I brought you into this world. And, I'll gra- take you and of course, out of in it. the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Kids are going to be kids. Mm-hmm. He's not in trouble. But cops tend to do this to prevent any kind of future crime. It's scaring him straight. It's exactly what that is. Have I told you the story about the time my mom and her family were at a hotel? I don't think so. And my grandpa pretended to be the hotel manager? I don't think so. Okay. So they were at this hotel, like a Holiday Inn or something, you know, in the early, like late 60s, early 70s. All right. So my mom's brothers are like 10 years old, less than 10 years old. And one of them didn't have his swimsuit and he borrowed somebody else's and it was too big. So when he jumped into the pool, it fell off Mm -hmm. and he sort of panicked and he put it back on very quickly. But they had two hotel rooms because there were 10 people. There were 10 Uh kids in my mom's family growing Uh up. So there's 12 of them and they're in two hotel rooms. My grandpa was in one room called the other room where my uncles were staying and said, we have a report that there was someone skinny dipping in the pool. <laughs> and he was so terrified. He was like crying <laughs> because he thought he was in such trouble. And then my grandpa finally was like, it was a funny joke. But they, this was like 50 years ago. And to this day, they talk about the time my grandpa just like tried to scare the crap out of my uncle. <laughs> hey, that's the stuff that sticks with you. But if you same, get scared out of your the fucking same mind, thing. bring the cop over. <laughs> yep. It's scared straight. That's why they yep. have that whole program. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, parents are awful. I love them. <laughs> I love them. Yes. Um, Betsy, is there anything else you want to talk about here? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I really like this. I think there's there's a lot to notice. There's a lot to see. I think if you watch this more than once, you'll probably catch a lot more sure. that we even missed. Sure. Um, so w- we've been talking about Oscars here. Now that we actually know what got nominated, uh, let's let's I guess let's talk about the nominations that it got. 
do you think that they actually have a, a chance of winning? So yes, this one is nominated for seven Academy Awards. This is nominated for Best Original Screenplay, Best Picture, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Sound, Best Director, mm. Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Picture for Original Song. Uh, so yeah, Van Morrison does Van, all the music. The Van Morrison. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is original music. Brown-eyed girl himself. Yep. And then <laughs> uh, Supporting Actress. Yeah. So I think... For me, I think it has a fair chance. This is the kind of movie that I think a lot of people would pick for their favorite with the preferential yeah. voting. It's real hard to tell. Sure. And I would say, and it didn't get cinematography. No. Damn. No. Damn. Holy shit. So unfortunately, looking at this list and looking at the other things that have been nominated, yeah. it might be slim pickings for this. And it's it's very muted in some of the scenes. And it, it's not going to hit you over the head with anything, no. but it's still a great story. And I, I think if there's anything that it's, that it might be a shoe in for is screenplay. Yeah. Because I imagine that the the like stage direction and the how it's everything is is described is meticulous mm -hmm. because this is this dude's memory. Yeah. So if there's anything that I would say it is a shoe in for, it is that. Now. What else did you say? Uh, it was Best Director. Best Direction. Th that, I think, is a very good possibility because mm -hmm. this is complicated stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the two supporting actors, I don't actually know because it's, because it's the two grandparents. Right. And, and I think there's just other people sort of leading the pack in those two categories. I think so, yeah. I agree that th it is worthy of a nomination. Absolutely. Because those two are wonderful. Yes. They're wonderful together. They're wonderful apart. And I don't necessarily think that their presence in the movie caused it to be a better movie overall, but their characters were very well played. They were lovely. They were. They were just they lovely. They reminded me of my own parents mm -hmm. in a lot of Anybody ways. Anybody who's been married or together for 50 years, yeah. there, is, there is something very beautiful and sweet, and they have a very unique kind of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope we have one of those, Trent. Yes. I want to be an old fart with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if this will win too much. Uh, just looking at the overall race. But again, the Oscars are weird now. Having 10 movies up for Best Picture. This won a ton of awards out the yeah. gate. Yeah. But it's cooled significantly. Well, and I think a lot of the awards that's been winning are like the European awards. Right. Yeah. So, it, might, it might get a BAFTA. Yeah, I think BAFTA is, is, is where it's going to probably clean up because it Absolutely. is highly, highly <laughs> Irish. This is a very <laughs> British-Irish movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, I I did enjoy it. It's probably up there on my list so far of the, what, five movies we've seen? Yeah. Yeah. So now we've seen five out of ten. We're halfway there. Um, I think the next one we're going to watch, just to give you a preview, the next one we're going to watch is Licorice Pizza. So that that's another one we're going to go have to see in the theater. There's three more we're going to be able to stream uh, in the next uh, few weeks here. And then one more, Drive My Car. I have no idea how we're going to see that one, Betsy. Eventually, it's probably going to come to the theater here because our theater always does an Oscar series. Mm -hmm. So that might end up being the last one we watch. Probably. Depending on when that comes out. So just a preview of, of what we're going to be doing here. So you can plan your own scorecard <laughs> and watch along with us. 
Uh, but before we go, uh, let's read an email from our superfan, Stephanie. Superfan Stephanie. Uh, this one is about Don't Look Up, uh, another Oscar contender we watched. Go listen to that episode after you watch the movie because mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. You don't have to pay anything for that. Just pay Just for get Netflix. someone's Netflix login. That's right. That's what you we do. You don't have to pay for it. That's what we do in this world. <laughs> We don't. We pay for it. We do. But, but we you can't have our login. <laughs> no, you can't have our login because we also steal someone's uh, HBO. We borrow it with permission. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of stealing. Shh. Stealing don't from, admit that on the stealing podcast. Stealing from the Time Warner company. They'll come and get us. <laughs> All right. Talking about Don't Look Up. So good. I love this one. Since you mentioned it, I also love Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Absolutely. Uh, though I feel like the latter is a little kinder to mankind. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Don't Look Up is a very pointed and so completely frustrating. However, it is sadly honest and very well made. Fantastic performances all around. Jonah Hill and Meryl Streep are very funny, but horrible characters. Indeed. Uh, That general charging them for snacks is one of my favorite bits. So funny that she keeps coming back to it. Uh, I do think that this film is super cynical, uh, but I think you need to be... I think you need to be over the top to make an impact. If this film was more earnest, it would just be too real. Yeah. And I would add on, it would be very sad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, quote of the day from Trent. Shut your fucking face about NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cracked me up, but very much appreciated. Yes. We don't like NFTs or crypto or any of that bullshit on this podcast. Sorry. Fuck that. Sorry, don't guys. say sorry. No. We're not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> We're not sorry. Uh, I loved the family dinner. It was lovely. Yes, it was. Uh, my question about the rescue pod on their new Eden planet. Uh, do you think that any of these assholes thought to bring along, you know, a farmer or a plumber or anyone with any practical survival skills? Of course not. It's all their buddies. No. No. It's anyone, it's seats for the highest bidder. Yeah, and it's this fucking billionaire who came along that they're just going to trust him to figure everything out. But Logistics. he's the one who fucked everything else up. It's true. He did do both of those things. Yeah. Um, I agree that this might get nominated for Best Picture, Director, or Screenplay. Probably no acting nominees. I guess maybe Song. Well, it didn't get Song. It didn't get acting either. It didn't get acting. But did it get Director? I don't think it did. No, it didn't get nominated for director okay, for this Okay, but one. it did get nominated for Best Picture. Yes. So that crosses that off of the list already. Um, uh, finishing up here, I will continue to email you even when you finally get sick of me. Love you guys from Superfan Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, we thank you, Stephanie, each and every time you email us. And if you wish to become a super fan of your own right, you, you too can email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, never seen it underscore pod. You could even support us monetarily. That means money. By clicking the link in the podcast description and going to the anchor page and throwing us a buck if you want. If or, you don't want, or if you don't want to throw us a buck, what we ask of you is that you share this podcast with your friends and say that we're really cool people and we watch cool movies. Or just tell us you're listening. I keep having people come out of the woodwork who yeah. say, oh yeah, I listen to that, but you never email me. You never email. You never tweet me. I know you're listening. We There's know you're there. There's people out there. I can see the little the little tick numbers go up and up and up. It's like, okay, I know people are out there. Nobody's fucking emailing. Tell us who you are. We want to know. <laughs> Identify yourselves. <laughs> or don't. Use a fake name. Who cares? Yeah, give us an alias. We don't care. Set up a Gmail account just for that. 
<laughs> fake podcast emailer at gmail.com. Never seen it emailing email address at gmail.com. There you go. That's for you. That's I'm sure is available. That you can I, go and get that email that's address. That's a free idea from us to you. That's right. That's for your use, but only one of you, whoever gets there first. Has that's fun. right. That's right. Or you can have that name plus like 42069. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's going to be the end of the show. We're going to watch another Oscar movie next time. Uh, But until next time, this has been Never Seen It. My name is Trent. I'm Betsy. And we'll be back with you next time. See ya.